Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Well, today is December 9th, 2019. I can't believe that the year is almost at the end. Well, several weeks ago, the subject of my podcast was an update on my husband Jimmy's condition and what hospice is all about. The following week, I interviewed Jen Walsh, a Reiki master, who has been working with Jimmy. Well, today I'm going to share a happy update, and then I'll chat with my special guest. Jimmy moved out of hospice when he was admitted to Barrow's Neurological Institute in Phoenix. The amazing neuro team performed a high-risk, life-saving brain procedure. It was very successful, so we're all over-the-top happy and looking forward to the next procedure, which is a cyber knife treatment. I don't want to get into all the details, but if you have any questions about these procedures, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And by the way, I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. I am just a loving wife who has been the caregiver of my husband. This is a very happy time of the year for most but not for everybody. Many people are going through a divorce, separation, and child support problems. What does this have to do with home design chat, you ask? Well, my subjects usually cover different items, designs, and ideas having to do with your home, but today's subject is a little different and still has to do with your home. My guest is Tammy Hugo Haley, an attorney with the Phoenix family law firm Holly A. Lawrence. Tammy exclusively practices domestic relations law, but has previously advised Arizona clients for 18 years in construction law, business transactions, labor, and employment relations, real estate, bankruptcy, criminal, and personal injury law. Boy, has she been busy. Welcome, Tammy. Thanks, Nancy. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Hey, I just have to get one thing out of the way. The state bar requires me to tell everybody that I practice law in Arizona only, and everything I say is general information but does not form an attorney-client relationship. Okay, that's out of the way now. I can talk. Okay, good. Well, with your experience, Tammy, I'm sure you've seen some real interesting situations, and I have so many questions. I'm going to stick to questions relevant to the design community. So I know we could be here all day asking you questions, but we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet. It is so important that before people start a remodel, they should have a strong marriage. Why do you think this should be, and do you agree with this? Well, it's often said that you really should not remodel your house in the first year of your marriage. Why? Well, because the first year of your marriage should be a happy time. Oh, of course. And sometimes a remodel isn't so happy. Now, from my own personal experience, I did not follow this advice. And of course, my husband and I remodeled our house within six months of our marriage. And, and you're still married. It Yes, but we, <laughs> we happen to have an amazing kitchen designer that helped us through and made sure that we didn't hurt each other. <laughs> and that was you. Well, yes, it was. And and there was at no time any idea or any inkling that you guys were going to hurt each other. But you're two very mature adults, so I didn't think that was a problem. But I have come across people who have, um, well, I didn't know they had a shaky marriage until we started the remodel. And then I'm in the middle of it. Well, it's probably not a good idea to try to get into the middle of it as a designer or a contractor or a design professional Um, when people are having marital problems, you really don't know what's going on in the marriage. Only those two people know really what is going on. You can make some suggestions if they ask you, 
maybe talk to an attorney or a therapist about their problems. A lot of times it starts out where they seem happy, but then as the project goes on, they ask you, me, the designer or the builder to take sides because they're not in agreement with what's going on in the project. Do you, when, well, I would recommend that at the start of the project, you have a very detailed contract with exactly what the project is going to include, all the specifications, most importantly, the prices of everything, or at least your best estimate, and then have both the the people to the, both married people signed the contract, not just one of them. It's important to have them both agree. Well, even though they signed the contract, they both sign it. If there is arguing on what's happening on the project, then what do we do as a designer or a builder? We stand there not wanting to get involved with their marriage, but they're always drawing us into it. Like, for example? Um, well, I've noticed that uh, several um, male people on the project, the husbands, are very manipulative. They keep saying to the wife, the wife, you could have anything you want. And then when she says something, they try to show her how she's wrong. It should be his way. Well, one thing that married people need to know is that most of the time, the the marital project or the home or whatever they're doing the remodel with as far as the money is both of their money and that's both of their homes unless they have some sort of a prenuptial agreement or if the property is uh, one of the spouse's sole and separate property that he or she required before the marriage. It's important for the designer to realize this is equally their property and they both have a say in what that property is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I have heard, too, that after several big projects have been completed, then the husband and wife proceed with their divorce. Well, sometimes that's the unfortunate reality, and I'm happy to help them through that divorce. Just have them call my office and oh, I'm sure. we'll set up a consult. Yeah. You know, first you, you redesign or remodel the house, and then you are looking for two separate houses so they can sell the remodeled one, split the money, you know, typically who wants to get into that? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully their kitchen is so beautiful and their remodel is so gorgeous. They're not going to want to part with that property and they'll be happy. That's, that's actually what happened with my remodel. I know that my husband and I look at it every day and we love our kitchen. And even though it was very painful having microwave dinners for a few weeks, it was worth it. Right. The end result is happy. Absolutely. Good. Hey, at that point, let's talk about this time of the year real quick. Uh, Premier Lighting has uh, tons of fixtures, so if you want to change the look of your house, you better hurry up before your holiday guests come and visit for Christmas dinner or the New Year's party. You can go to shoppremier.com. They have their phone number right on there, and you can ask some design consultants to come to your house and help you give your rooms a new look. Also, with Christmas uh, lights and decorations, Decorating. Maybe you need more outlets. Maybe you need some help outside decorating, and so you need some electrical help. I would suggest that you go to their uh, website, shoppremier.com. They're located on Scottsdale Road by Kierlin, and you can also purchase through the website. So, um, and I think everybody should um, brighten up their house, especially with those beautiful LED lights they have now. So, Tammy. Back to the unhappy uh, 
situation of divorce and ending their marriage, unfortunately. When people are thinking of ending their marriage, what is the first thing they should do? Well, I think the first thing they need to do is kind of reset how they look at things and not focus on the unhappiness that you mentioned. Because divorce doesn't have to be an unhappy end. What it can be is the start of a new beginning. And so readjusting the way their perspective is, is probably a healthier way to look at divorce. So I would recommend you might not get there on your own. What you can do is meet with an attorney, probably, you know, somebody either recommended to you or somebody, you know, somebody that you are comfortable with that can counsel that person on what that life is going to look like after the divorce. What are the finance, what are their financial needs? What kind of needs do the children have if there are children in the marriage? So looking forward to a new beginning is probably the first thing that you should do and not try to focus so much on it being an unhappy end because that attitude adjustment might help to make it less painful. In your experience, um, after the divorce, how many people are really uh, friendly and outgoing to each other and not hateful? I have no idea what the statistics are on that, so I couldn't really say how many. But oftentimes when people come to me for a divorce or any kind of custody dispute if they were if they were never married, um, many times they start out thinking it's going to be a terribly acrimonious process, that they're not going to get along, they're not going to agree on everything, they're going to have to battle it out in court. And we end up settling it, and they don't have to spend a lot of money on attorneys. Oh, a happy ending is always happy. Uh, right. <laughs> right. And on the other hand, sometimes when people come and they say, hey, we want to make this friendly, we still want to be friends, we have children together, or hey, we had, you know, 25, 30 years together. It's just, you know, we're going in different directions. It might start out amicably and then something might happen and it doesn't doesn't turn out amicably. But we always try to make things uh, less less painful less acrimonious and get people to start their new life as soon as possible. Well, good. So should the two people be transparent or surprise the spouse with their um, papers? You know, that really depends on the marriage and the people, because if there's a domestic violence situation and the priority is keeping the spouse safe, So sometimes an attorney needs to take care of everything and have a process server indeed surprise the other party just for safety reasons. Mm. If there is no issue of of domestic violence and it's a safe situation, it's oftentimes better uh, to start out having a, a personal conversation with your spouse and say, you know, this isn't working for us and we probably would be happier apart and I've drawn up these papers and I'd like you to accept them. That can be a better way to start out the legal and, process. Right. In the perfect world and everybody would go, oh, okay. Right. In a, in a perfect world, but oftentimes it's not a surprise to the other spouse. Mm. You know, catching someone by surprise and surprising them with a, a process server might actually make the make the whole legal situation more painful. I mean, after all, you are suing your spouse. That is that is how you start a divorce. Yes. So nobody really likes to get sued. So if you can make it a little less devious, then... A little more friendly. If it's possible, but the safety of the spouse is always the most important thing. Yeah. Now, can a divorce be successful if a lawyer is not involved? Absolutely. Um, Many times people 
will use a legal, uh, we use a lawyer who's trained as a mediator. And so that person will be neutral and will work out all of the division of property, main, uh, spousal maintenance, provisions for the children and child support and allocation of debt. And then if they all agree on it and it's fair, each party can check in with an attorney and make sure their rights are being protected before they go forward. But there's no real reason to even see a judge about it. Uh, what about these do-it-yourself divorces? You go online, you fill out the paperwork. Does that ever work out? It sometimes does, yes. Probably if they have no property, no kids, no pets, and they're both uh, in agreement with dissolving the marriage, that's probably the best situation there. Sure, it is the best situation when it's more amicable and you can agree on as many things as possible, but make sure that your rights are being protected uh, you can always consult with an attorney. A family law attorney will usually consult and review those documents for minimal charge just to make sure your rights are protected and you didn't forget any property. That's often a problem is people forget about the retirement or they forget about, you know, a bank account that, that wasn't included. So those kind of things. Can they go back and then amend it? If something's forgotten in the uh, decree, then there are provisions under the law to go back and change it. But oftentimes it's healthier if if the spouses have a clean break from one another and all of those loose ends are tied up and that way they can start their new life without having to keep going back. Well, sounds good to me. So uh, let's talk about, uh, say, a designer who is a business owner. She's unmarried and she decides to get married. What should she do? What should she be considering? Well, the first thing I would consider is since this person has a business already, I would consider talking to a family law attorney and finding out if a prenuptial agreement is the right way to go. Because prenuptials are not just for rich people. They're not just for millionaires. Um, the sad reality is that the statistics are not on your side when you get married. More, more and more marriages are ending in divorce. So if you want to protect your business, a prenuptial agreement is a way to manage your risk and protect your assets because even though the business was hers before the marriage, if without a prenuptial agreement here in Arizona, we're a community property state. So that means if that marriage does not work out, then during a divorce... Her husband or her wife is now entitled to the increase in value of that business as the community share. So, for example, you have to then get into valuation issues. So the business may have been worth $100,000 on the day of the marriage, but down the road, the spouse was there all along, files for divorce. Now that business is worth $500,000. We'll do the math. Now you have a $400,000 appreciation that is the result of her labor, the designer's labor. That's community property. So now you have to figure out how you're going to buy out your spouse of your business that you started before the marriage. Even if she married somebody that really didn't support her in her business, I don't mean money-wise, but maybe he was complaining about her putting too much time into it, she's working it all those hours and years, then they get a divorce and he's entitled to part of the business that he was vehement against. He may have been against the business, but if he didn't do anything to sabotage the business, uh, you know, 
that would be in that the, the appreciation of the business is a community asset. Now, Arizona provides for equitable division, not necessarily equal, but most of the time it is equal. So that designer would be looking at buying out his or her spouse uh, for $200,000. Oh, so a prenup would eliminate that? Absolutely. A prenuptial agreement, if it's properly drafted and voluntarily executed and done under Arizona law, then that designer can make sure that that scenario does not happen. Well, that's good advice right there. Uh, so if, um, let's see, community, you mentioned community property. What is the difference between community property and non-community property? I understand that if somebody gets married in a community property state and down the road there's an inheritance from one of the families, is that included in the community property Money That is not part of the community. Um, as long as the proceeds of that inheritance are not commingled into a community bank account, then that remains the sole and separate property of the inheriting spouse. Is there anything else that falls into that category? Gifts. So any gift that somebody receives. Or if there's a if there's property that generates income uh, prior to the marriage, so for example, if a spouse has stock or um, an interest in a business that gives passive rental, or I'm sorry, passive income. So not not that you're running your own business, but let's say you're an investor in some business, but you don't really do any work, mm-hmm. but you get money from it. Uh, that money that you that the spouse gets from the pre-marital business interest that is like investment or stock, so to speak, um, that's going to be sold and separate. It just should be kept segregated. You shouldn't commingle that money. With but should community. you mention that before you get married so you can include that into a prenuptial? If you have a prenuptial agreement, you must include, you must disclose all of your assets to the to your fiance. Are we getting too deep into this, Tammy? We might be getting too deep. And I would say again, you know, this is general information. It's just things for your listeners to think about if they're getting married or if their best friend is getting married and they have any worries, they should talk to an attorney so they can get detailed advice that's personal because everybody's situation is different. There's no cookie cutter. You can read a lot of what I'm saying on the internet, but be very careful about trying to apply some of that general information to you because there are several different factors that go into a decision. I think sometimes people will get information on Google or from their friends and they think it's written in stone and all of a sudden they become the expert when I would suggest that they ask the professional. It is an area, it's a little bit like trying to re- remodel your kitchen just based on looking at pictures and then trying to dive right in there and do it yourself. A lot of times those pictures are helpful in communicating and figuring out what questions to ask your designer, but it's not a substitute for going to a professional. Oh, I agree. I have one last question about divorce. Uh, if two people divorce is it possible for them to continue living in the same house? I think that's definitely a personal decision. Uh, sometimes that transition is necessary for them, for the parties to finish the divorce. And for financial reasons, they're not able to sell the property or move out. Now, if they own the property as community property with right of survivorship, which is most common, the way people own their home, 
then the divorce will actually sever that community and they will own the property as tenants in common. And they may want to retitle the property as joint tenants, but it is usually advisable that people at least make a plan or some sort of timeline where they can live separately. They may get along as friends, but how is that going to look when they when one of them starts a new relationship? Is that really going to work out? Those are all questions that why that's why it's important for the client to always ask those questions of themselves, like, what is my life going to look like after I'm not with this person anymore? And that really should guide the divorce process and the decisions. With What do you want your new life to look like? Yes, the whole thing is, if you're going to get a divorce, why continue with the same lifestyle? Well, but, housing has gotten very expensive in Phoenix. That's I know true. That, but it, it is usually a better situation to have a clean break I've heard of people divorcing and whoever gets the house, I can't remember who was telling me, then the person who didn't end up with the house rented a room from the ex-wife. So they lived in the same house, but he was a rentee and she was the rentor. Now that's unusual. That almost sounds like a TV show. It can be unusual, but a lot of people also... Uh, they may have a business together. They may get married, start a business together, and they will divorce, but they'll continue running the business. Now, in those cases, I always recommend going a transact, going to a transactional attorney and reforming that business as more of an arm's length business partner instead of your spouse. So now you have you have to create a buy sell agreement, for example. You have to create an exit strategy for that business for non-married people, just like it would be a business partner instead of a spouse. So much to know, Tammy. So many reasons to call me if you have questions. Yes. Well, divorce is rarely happy. So if you are experiencing situations where you need an attorney, you can call Tammy at 602-285-5500. That's 602-285-5500. Or you can email her, Tammy at T Haley. H-A-L-E-Y at Hallier, H-A-L-L-I-E-R, law, L-A-W dot com. And, or if you can't remember what I just said, you can email me, nancy at nancyhugo.com, and then I will pass on those questions. Tammy, thank you so much for being here. I think, well, you've got me confused a little bit, but I think I understand what you said. Well, you've been married for over 50 years I know, and really don't need this information, but I'm glad that we were able to share it with your listeners. Well, me too. And I hope uh, you guys all learned something. And again, hopefully you won't need um, a divorce lawyer or a family lawyer, but if you do, you can contact Tammy. In the meantime, I want you guys to have a great day and thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. <laughs>